Are you a nerd for wrestling? Then go to Nerds of Wrestling on Facebook and join the conversation and become a nerd of wrestling like the rest of us. Grab a wristband, t-shirt, sticker, and much more to come. That's Nerds of Wrestling on Facebook. Now, are you ready? Welcome, welcome, welcome to a special edition of NXT and We. I am your host, PJ, joined as always by my guy, Brett. And for the first time here on the NXT and We podcast, we welcome on a special guest reoccurring from now on, our good friend, Tom Benetti. How are you? How are you guys doing? What a weekend. Oh, my God. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I was a fan of the podcast, and I'm really excited to join. And, yeah, we just had quite the incredible weekend. That is for sure. What a great wrestling weekend. Each and every year we get to look forward to Rumble weekend, and it did not let us down one bit. Uh, I apologize in advance if I sound a little congested. It's because I am, but I'm going to fight through it. Well, playing hurt. Playing hurt. And uh, you know what? That's what all the greats do. I was going to say. That's what the Adam Cole move is. That is. And I know this is just – I just have to do this. Uh, you know, for the weekend that was, and obviously the hearts go out to the entire, the nine souls that were lost on Sunday. They included the lives of, of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna. Uh, it's been a, it's been a wild, it was a wild, it was one of the wilder weekends, you know, that the rumble, the rumble weekend always seems to have some, some crazy stuff go on. So just wanted to touch on that really quickly, you know, this little tiny platform that I have. So guys, before we get into it, just wanted to get, say, you could follow us on Twitter, NXT underscore podcast. And then you can find us on Facebook, NXT and we, and then you can also email us if you want to get the conversation going that way. NXT spell out the word a N D and we at gmail.com guys. Let's just get right into it on the special this special edition of the NXT We podcast with PJ and Brett and now our good friend Tom. The Royal Rumble. I mean, just before I get into it, any just quick uh, thoughts on on you know where were you watching it? You know any what, what were your what were your anticipation or thoughts going into it? And did it did it meet that? I mean, I know we're going to get into it quickly, but yeah, I wa- I watched from home from my couch with my uh with my buddy david and it was a good night man like it it was it was i don't think anything really let me down i think pretty much everything met or exceeded my expectations and that's that's a good thing good good on wwe for doing that and if you include nxt alum what a big weekend for nxt and nxt alum like off the top of my head, I think there is a former NXT champion in just about every single match on the card. Yeah, Tom, what are your thoughts? Well, for Royal Rumble, I felt like most of the stuff went a little sluggish. Um, it was kind of hard to stay hyped a lot throughout the night. Um, and, you know, going in knowing pretty much, you know, 75% sure Edge was going to be in the Royal Rumble a lot of the surprises didn't really hit me as hard as it hits a lot of people. And, um, 
and the comedy bit didn't really hit me as hard as it hit a lot of people. Um, but man, I am excited for Drew McIntyre. That is definitely one takeaway from that pay-per-view that was just phenomenal. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, so really quickly, so we, the card, Sheamus defeated Shorty G. Andrade defended his title against Humberto. Roman, Roman defeated Corbin in quite the interesting Falls Count Anywhere match. And then we got to the Women's Royal Rumble. Guys, I mean, Brett, you alluded to it with the NXT alums really showing out in the Rumble. Bianca Belair, I mean, she came out looking like a superstar, did she not? 33 minutes she stood in that ring and was a dominant force. I'm not sure because it's not like I have everybody timed, but I'm pretty sure that's the longest that anyone lasted in the Rumble, maybe other than the winner, Charlotte. But as far as I know, 33 minutes for Bianca Belair. What a, sh- what a showing. Uh, that was incredible to watch. I'm so glad that she got that platform to perform in front of that giant crowd in Houston, and she really showed out. She really showed up. I completely agree, man. Bianca Belair really, really did impress me that night. Um, I think that she made a really good impression for a future Raw or SmackDown run. And I think that's kind of important for her because I think that if she can slide into one of those other shows that doesn't have such a deep women's roster, then she could really shine. Yeah, no, and and I mean, I yeah, I'm very vocal about my support of es the est of NXT. It was it was such a good showing, and you know, I had Bianca at eight eliminations, and there was nobody who had more than her. Shayna might have had seven, maybe eight, as well. But there you go. I mean, just two NXT alums running rampant in the Rumble. But then Brett and Tom, I don't know exactly how you feel, Tom, but. We had the eventual winner. I thought it was such a good showing from from all overall. I we could you know, I thought it was a great women's rumble. But the queen came out on top, as she should. As as Brett knows, I am the biggest Charlotte fan. What are, what are you guys' thoughts on Charlotte Flair walking out the winner of the women's rumble? Well, I mean, it's not. My favorite thing in the world, really. I mean, it's just it's just like spoon-feeding accolades to Charlotte at this point. Is she the right person to win? I mean, maybe. But, I mean, is she – was she, like, the most obvious pick to win? Yeah. So, that didn't come across as very surprising. I'm sure it's been killing WWE officials to have someone else win the Rumble for the last two years. So, in year three, it finally goes to Charlotte. and. I mean, whoop-de-doo, I guess. Oh, man. Tom, what are your thoughts? <laughs> you know, I listened to uh, your episode about the Royal Rumble and summing up all the things after I watched the Royal Rumble. So hearing Brett call Charlotte winning, I was like, damn you, Brett. Um, but, you know, one thing, like, obviously we all get a little frustrated when they just pile on the accolades to their, their one person that they really love. Um, But the first thing I said after she won the Royal Rumble was that she should challenge Rhea Ripley for the NXT title. Yes, and this is for sure going to be talked about. That's starting to catch weight, yeah. Um, PW Insider has reported that Charlotte could be showing up to NXT. Yeah, she's in Florida. Yeah, 
Um, so I think that that angle is a win. Yeah, I agree. And I said this to Brett before we started recording. I am all for that. Yeah, so, so I, I just... think after digesting that, I have come to think more positively on Charlotte winning um, because they're using her in a way that she can really elevate NXT. And that's what we're all here for, right? That is exactly yeah, if, what we're here for. If the purpose of it is to elevate NXT as a brand, then I am I am definitely on board and I wouldn't be eating as many sour grapes about it. If, if that is the intent and purpose, if she beats Rhea Ripley for the title... I will probably be beside myself. Well, but then, then, but then Charlotte has to defend the NXT title. So wouldn't that not be elevating the brand? I don't know, it man. It's be. just like it's. I guess. I guess. I guess. You guys no, could. You con- don't guess. You guys could. I con- think axiomatically it does because if the company is putting their main woman, the one that they're stacking all the accolades on in that slot, that means they think it's a serious slot and they want to elevate it to what they think is the topic can be. The thing is, is Uh, that NXT has such a stacked women's division as it is that to put someone with as much star power as Charlotte on that brand, it there's, there's always, there's not always enough screen time for all of them as it is. And you have to put her on the show. She would obviously just become a huge, like focal point of the show. And it, while it might be fun to watch, I don't know if that's like the best long-term outlook for yeah. the brand. It, it, I, I it agree, but I, I picture I picture uh, all Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler, and Candice LeRae in Raw and or SmackDown by the end of the year. That's a, yeah, that's a good. That's I was about to just say that I think I think uh, whatever happens to Bianca at this point is going to affect what happens with Charlotte and the NXT title in general. So I think we really just have to, yeah. I mean, it's the road to WrestleMania, guys, right? So we uh, we we move on. We had Bailey defeating Lacey, and you know we didn't have any any title changes, which I, I expected. Um, we had Fiend defeating Debray, Becky defeating Ashka, and and you know a couple of really good matches sprinkled in there. But then we came to the men's Royal Rumble. Man, I mean. I love this. Just to get my thoughts out of the way of this really quickly before I throw it to you guys. I thought both Rumbles were excellent. Uh, excellently booked, excellently wrestled. I mean, obviously, you know, when we can get into it, AJ had a little bump, uh, you know, taking, and as, as Brett has already said, Edge returning, took a, a spear from Edge, and, and it looks like he bumped his shoulder pretty good. But just, I thought, yes, could I have used some more surprises sure but mvp and edge i mean for me it did it for me yesterday i had the inkling that edge was going to be back sure but it still was surreal just to hear do you think you know me for the first time in nine years and then some of the nostalgic things the randy orton which and then you know for for those who watch raw see what happened there but uh i, I the elimination, I, at first it was, it was getting weird. I, I could have honestly seen Brock going the entire way, eliminating everybody and just getting booed out of the building. That would have been outrageous, but wild. And that didn't happen. But then to, to, to get to the tie and he was just eliminating guys left and right, that, that people like John Morrison, who, you know, Kofi, guys who we think are going to do these cool spots. But he just kind of, 
ended it just in classic Brock monster heel fashion. And then just the way that the, the way that the elimination was set up with Ricochet getting his, his, you know, just desserts with that low blow. And then the, the Claymore that was just spot on. I've, I've been seeing people saying that he missed it and I'm just, no, 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 no. Go back and watch. He clocks yeah. it right in the forehead with that boot sending Brock over. And that, that, that pop, you know, geez. So just, we can get into the, the ending and the winners and an edge, but just the beginning with Brock stuff and then the eventual elimination. What were you guys thoughts on that? I thought that this was one of the most brill- brilliantly booked things that I've seen from WWE programming in a very, very, very long time. So I've been seeing a lot of things online that people are like, they were complaining about the Brock thing because they thought it would, that they went on, that it went on too long and that he was burying guys. And Only I just want to say, minutes. Yeah. I am not on that side of the coin at all. Yeah. First of all, no one got buried. Brock yeah. is the heavyweight champion. Keith Lee got to show out with him. Uh, like you already said, Ricochet did to get his just desserts leading to I love Keith Lee interaction. Um, so he had good interactions with people. I don't think anyone got buried. And look, we live in the age where kayfabe is not as prominent as it used to be, right? So anyone that's mad, it's like they wanted you to be mad. They wanted you to boo the crap out of it. They knew that how much mega real heat it was going to draw because of the real heat that Brock Lesnar has with the fans. So it was all of this was to make that pop for, for Drew even bigger than it would have already been. So this was really, I thought, like a masterclass by WWE because it really cemented Drew as like, here's the guy. This is the guy. Because he was that that thing that finally ended all of that frustration and anger that the fans were feeling because Brock was just basically in the ring by himself. So no, Tom, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So I can agree with you on all your points that it was executed well to what their plan was. Um, And obviously I, I completely understand, you know, it's genuine heel heat that he's getting by throwing guys like Morrison over and killing those spots. Yeah. Um, so as was, it goes for a storytelling basis, I know in my, in my head that it was really well planned, really well executed. Um, I actually did really have some really entertaining moments where, uh, especially when Keith Lee came out and he's like, Oh, big boy. Um, that that was where it really started to turn for me. But I mean, for the most part, until obviously the big spot that I knew they were building to, I didn't. I wasn't one hundred percent sure that it was Drew McIntyre that it was gonna, you know, you know, kick him out. But yeah, obviously they were building up to somebody saving this Royal Doing Rumble. That, yeah. but, um, I figured it was probably Drew. I was really heavy thinking it was gonna be Matt Riddle. Um, cause he was my kind of like dark horse and seeing that thing about the altercation before yeah. really spurred me on that fact. Bums me out. Um, yeah. So it, it's unfortunate that Matt Riddle didn't really get the spot that he was looking for, but I mean, in the way they crafted the first 25 or so minutes of the Royal Rumble is I can acknowledge what they were doing, but I was watching it to be sports entertain. 
And for the most part, I was not sports entertained. So, like, if I was Simon Miller from a culture, I'd be giving that bit a down. Um, <laughs> just because it just wasn't enjoyable to watch. I watched the uh, the what culture, their reaction video to to the the entire show. They they, they did they I mean they they enjoyed a lot of it. I mean, especially Drew winning. But yeah, I get you know get going further going further past the whole Brock shenanigans, which was definitely shenanigans. Which way, no matter how you look at it, whether you liked it or you didn't like it, was shenanigans. It was unlike anybody has ever seen to begin a and because in the beginning I was saying it was reminiscent to like Austin weeding for Bret Hart back in the day when he was cleaning house and just hanging out. Shawn Michaels did similar things, but we had never seen thirteen eliminations the way we did. And you know what? To Brock's credit, he did bump his he did bump a good amount for certain guys and other otherwise just played perfect. Brock just he just Brock is Brock. So then we moved on uh, to the obvious. We'll just touch on it really quickly. Edge is back, guys. Uh, quick story. I know Brett knows this, but for you, Tom, I was at the show when Brett – or Brett. <laughs> Brett is retired, a retired wrestler. He never was one. <laughs> but uh, we <laughs> – I was at the Edge retirement show, the Raw, when he, you know, all of a sudden wow. retired – got on you know i was in his bunch of packages just because of based on the seating i was on the tv side so i always like reference that and show people that video and then i was actually at the mania that year to see him get inducted so like wow. it was never the biggest edge fan but all of that kind of made molded me into a bigger edge fan sure i mean I, you can't not feel for him you know yeah the passion he had for the industry exactly and you know I'll admit, I did pop, you know, when, oh, yeah. when his music hit, I popped, but you know, it's just, once you're expecting it, you're like, okay, now let's do something awesome with it. And they flood the camera on the first. Spear. Yeah. I was pretty bummed that about that. I major disappointment. I had said right away that that was whoever, whoever was responsible for that was probably given a stern talking to slash the boot out of the door. Yeah. Um, hopefully the boot. Hopefully <laughs> that the boot. Sucked. And I, I I was reading actually before we we got on here that they they are editing it to include the bump uh, on the VOD going forward. But at the same time, yeah, that was a flub. And then you know, I mean, just seeing Edge back and he looked great. And I'm just yeah, it's just one of those those moments in wrestling that you can't really you can't really script those kind of things. Just how how good he looked. Brett, what what were your thoughts on Edge coming back? I mean, I was stoked. I was sort of, I, I saw a lot of, you know, things online about, you know, a lot of rumors that he had been in town and that he was coming back. But after having all that neck surgery, I thought that, you know, they were probably just rumors, you know? Yeah. Uh, so to, to see the, the rumors turn into reality, I thought that was really cool. Uh, fun to see. I love that they gave him the time to like have the pyro when when he entered too so it it felt like an even bigger deal uh i thought it was well done i think i think they've nailed a lot of like returns or debuts with the rumble like namely like how aj styles debuted in wwe so i think the rumble is just a good showcase for it and again like to the brock point sort of like you can't really bury people in the rumble 
right? Like no one's like, just cause you get thrown over the top rope does not mean like you got pinned or submitted in the middle of the ring within like a matter of seconds. That's so point, yeah. it's, it, it doesn't matter who he eliminated or got eliminated by. Like it was, it was just genuinely good fun to, to see edge back in a WWE ring after nearly 10 years gone. Uh, I, I, I'm excited to see where they go down the road to WrestleMania with Edge and to see what they're going to do. It's looking like Randy Orton right now, and I can get behind yeah. that. Uh, I mean, Randy, you could just tell by watching, he's one of the safest guys in the company. So mm-hmm. it's already a marquee match between former tag team partners, and he's safe. So him and Edge can go out there and just tell a great story, and we'll all just get to be along for the ride. No, definitely. Yeah, man. Looking forward to it. The, uh, the package with Randy Orton so far is really, really, really good. I love their chemistry in the Rumble. Um, I love that after, like, they did that, oh, Randy's going to turn, but Edge knew. And then he's like, dude, I taught you everything you know. And then Randy Orton was just like, nah. That was really, really funny, really, really genuine <laughs> moment. And Orton. then uh, – Orton's awesome. Uh, I'm not sure if either of you are caught up on um, what's going on with Raw right now, because I know you're not really avid uh, no, yeah, side yeah. roster. Concerto. Yep. So yeah. they're definitely going that route with, uh, oh, with yeah. Randy and Edge. Probably keep them off TV for a couple months and then bring them back for a, a hot WrestleMania run. Yeah. Uh, so we were, and we can, you know, I do want to touch, we'll, we'll touch on the rumble for maybe another couple minutes and then we'll take a quick break before we get into worlds collide here on the NXT and we podcast with PJ and Brett. And now our good friend, Tom, I was, um, basically, I, we were discussing it with a couple of, of buddies of our, of, of ours, myself and Brett. And it's, it wouldn't be shocking to me to see that match take place on the Saudi show the next uh, Saudi show, super show that they do. But now that you just said that, I, I also now could, could definitely see them just keeping Edge off for a good month, month and a half, and then just, you know, like a rocket send right into Mania with that feud because it would be, you know, it's, it's obviously ready-made. Orton has gotten got the most, most heat he's gotten in a while. I'm sure they'll just keep him strong and keep him as that. Maybe he starts punting people again. Who knows? So, I yeah, I'm I'm look, very much looking forward to that. But guys, let's just touch on before we move on the eventual winner. And I know we have we did t- mention it a little bit. Tom, I know did um, Drew McIntyre, guys, the chosen one. He came he comes back. You know, he looks as good as he does. He 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 went through it the way that the new group of, of wrestlers need to go they go through the NXT they come up to the roster they get themselves over and it was a proclamation made by Vincent K a long time ago and it, it, it looks like it's coming true it, and as you know on Raw he announces he's going to challenge for the title guys what were your thoughts challenge Brock excuse me not just the title he's challenging Brock for the title what were your thoughts and I, you know what we'll start with Tom this time on Drew winning, how it how it made you feel, and then your thoughts just going forward, and how excited you are as for Drew McIntyre to be the number one contender. 
Oh, I'm, I'm glad you started with me because I am really excited to talk about this. Um, obviously, <laughs> I mentioned him right from the get-go. Yes, Drew exactly. McIntyre winning is just so, so awesome. Uh, just <laughs> his comeback with the 3-2-1 gimmick is yes. super working. He's super fun. I think it is one of my favorite things about wrestling is when you can tell the person in the ring is having as much fun Such as you time. are. Yes. Um, and also here at NXT and we, we love things that elevate NXT. <laughs> yeah. So, Oh yeah. Uh, given that uh, Drew McIntyre is in the main event of WrestleMania, he's going to be the first superstar to ever headline at a takeover and a WrestleMania. Wow. So, there Whoa. you go. That's a yeah. nice we'll, stat. We'll have our first. Stat. Yeah. I was, I was thinking of maybe it's not Seth Rollins. Cause that was before they did takeovers. So yeah. Yeah. That is a great, Hey, for the brand, right? Let's go. For the brand. Yeah. For the brand. For the brand. <laughs> Black and yellow versions. <laughs> it's the most fun matchup you could have with Brock oh, yeah. Lesnar. And it's so, believable. It's believable. Go. It is. It absolutely is. Brent, what are your thoughts? Somebody with the size, power, okay. and the agility. He's, it, so, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, he matches up to Brock in just about every way. I'm sure Brock will still manage to throw him around a little bit because Brock always brings everybody to Suplex City, but that's okay because – all, all we need is one Claymore to, to, put, to put down the beast. So mm-hmm. I thought it was really, really good. So I already talked about why I thought the first half of the Rumble was so good with, with the booking. Because it's really the tale of two Rumbles, right? So you have Brock's time in the Rumble, and then yep. you have Brock's it's time almost out. Half, almost exactly half, yeah. So in the second half, you know, Drew comes in, gets that elimination, and then – the you know, he's still got the crowd behind him the entire time. And then who does he come down to in the final two? Him and the big dog. dog. So they match him up. So not only does he get to take out the guy, the the first guy with real heat from the crowd in Brock, then you get him in the ring as the final two. And his last challenge is a guy that got booed out of the building for winning the rumble and has (laughs) fully recovered from that uh i know he came back from leukemia and the crowd was super stoked to see him but that aside no one in the crowd wanted to see roman wayne roman (laughs) reign win the rumble again so that was just it was just really excellent all around by wwe and i'm just glad that drew has been given this ball and he's running with it he's going full steam ahead and i could not be more excited for a a mania match now between him and Lesnar. So they, good on the good on the company. Good on Drew. Good. Yeah. I like Two to respond all to, the way around. Uh, yeah, I'd like to respond to uh, that thing you were talking about with the booking. Um, I think having it be Drew and Roman at the final two had just so much tension because yeah. you didn't know whether you're going to get everything you wanted and you were just about to mark out so hard or it was or you're about to get your dreams crushed. I know I was, I had, I was holding my breath the entire, because I, I was going to be okay with edge too. And like, I'm not as hard on, on Roman as a lot of people are, but I just didn't want it. I wanted something new. Like we've seen Roman Brock, like give us something, even edge. I mean, do I want to see edge? get his life shortened by Brock? No, but you know, just if it was edge, I was fine. And if it was, and then once it was drew and Roman, I was just full blown. Let's go drew. 
And yeah, it, that's what I mean. It was like, <clears throat> excuse me. It was one of the more unpredictable, predictable rumbles of the last however long. And I don't know if that makes much sense to you guys, but like there was a lot that we did see coming, but there was a whole lot that we did not see coming. And I'll give you that for sure. It, yeah, it made for a better a better night. And you know what? That was the rumble here on the NXT and We podcast. Obviously, we are an NXT centric podcast, but we will touch on the big things like the rumble. Obviously, we will have a whole show for the WrestleMania, which I have to figure out myself and Brett and probably our good friend Tom with what we do for, for WrestleMania. So we will get to that <clears throat> later. But now, before we get into Worlds Collide, I figured we would take a quick break to let everybody rest for a quick moment. And then we will get right into our review here on the NXT and We podcast with Brett and our good friend Tom. Welcome, welcome back to the NXT and We podcast with PJ, Brett, and today our good friend Tom. You can find us on Twitter at NXT underscore podcast on Facebook, NXT and We, and you can also email us if you want to get the conversation going that way. NXT, spell out the word A-N-D and, and then we at gmail.com. Guys, we talked a little bit about the Rumble, but this is where our, you know, this is where we make our bread, as they say, even though we're not making bread yet, get to us, maybe we will soon. We are talking about Worlds Collide, guys. Holy crap. What a show. What a weekend. And what a, what a way to start off the weekend. But I'm going to switch it up here, guys. Uh, usually, you know, as the, the, quote unquote host. I mean we're co-hosts, me and Brett, but I generally will lead in as as I've done on the the recent episodes. But this one I'm going to hand over the reins. I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption 2, so I'm handing over the reins. Proverbial <laughs> reins to my friend Brett, who will take us through the entire review. Brett, why don't you start us off and uh, lead us through? All right, boy. you're a good good boy all right so i i feel like i can say this at the top and then we'll we'll get back into it later on we won't reveal show ratings this early on yes yes but i feel like these although this was not a takeover it is still technically an nxt led Mm -hmm. event and when do these shows not exceed your expectations never ever Never, least, ever is and, the correct well, answer. And let me just say that, like, <clears throat> the expectations are already high. So they either meet them or they, are, or they exceed already high expectations. So either way, they, you're set. They exactly. literally yeah. somehow find a way <laughs> to always leave me completely satisfied at the end of the night after, like, an NXT exclusive event. And That's what she said. This... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're stealing his joke. You're stealing his joke. Don't steal his joke. All right. So the show begins with the one and only pre-show match. of, And one of the two matches coming out of the women's division for the night in a matchup of Mia Yim versus Kaylee Ray. Guys, I won't go into it too deep, too deep before I throw it to you, but I thought this match was really good. 
and I thought that this was the best match out of the women's division. Uh, Kaylee Ray is so good to me. She always makes her opponent look like a million bucks, and Mia Yim was up to that task, and she came out looking like a million bucks. So uh, we'll start with PJ, because PJ's not been in this position before. So we're going to start with PJ here. And yeah. PJ, tell me your thoughts on the match. Yeah, I mean, I kind of echoed the same sentiments. I mean, I, I mean, the, the, the backbone of the match was Kaylee Ray. They gave, uh, you know, Mia Yim has her hard-hitting offense. And, I, I, you know, I have a couple of notes written down. I liked how, bat, how badass they, they kept Yim looking, you know, um, just the hard-hitting aspect of it. And then just Kay, everything Kaylee Ray did was, was clean. I mean, just the, D, the beautiful DDT, the uh, bottom rope, the Mia Yim hit a bottom rope assisted DDT. But then – just a couple of the code blue, the, the gory bomb into the code blue. This is all clean. The Canadian. It's just, oh my God. The yeah, Canadian. The Canadian was just, I just, I love, and, and then, you know, I love the finish. And, and like you said, it, this is all a testament to Kaylee Ray. She is the one who is calling, you know, she's in there calling this match and the, the roll up with the tights and the ropes, which it was just, it was just, yes, I, I hadn't, I did not watch that until today. Actually, I missed it live but I, I went back and rewatched it man i i gave it a solid three x's and i mean it wasn't a lot of time but it, it was just a great start to it and i just loved the competitive nature of it just showing that no matter where on the card these ladies are gonna are gonna show out whenever they get the chance how about you tom how, how are you feeling about the match so I actually had to go back and adjust my rating on this match because I feel like I was a little too hard on it at first. Um, I basically initially gave it like a solid 2.5 right in the middle rating. But man, as I go back through my notes on this, like I was going through some of my initial thoughts on, uh, on Keely Ray because she doesn't have a whole lot of screen time in, in the USA stuff quite yet. And a lot of her matches so far, she's taken a lot of offense and just kind of their cool finisher, the gory bomb, and taking the win. Um, so I felt like I needed a lot more Kaylee Ray, and I got it. Uh, she had a tornado DDT that looked absolutely beautiful. beautiful. Yep. And everything she did to sell Yim stuff was great. Yim had a step-through tornado yep. DDT that yep. was beautiful. Um, and then Kaylee Ray's, like, jump to the outside, that was just really, really, really well done. Um, sunset, flow, sunset flip power bombs with the code blue. That's like one of my favorite moves in wrestling. <laughs> and then uh, also, Katie Ray took Mia's move with the eat defeat. That was yes. such a little nifty thing that like I didn't Great think we had much of a reason for these two to fight. And then she takes her move, and it's kind of like okay, you do know her a little bit more than I thought. Yeah. So I am going to adjust that rating to a three point five because I. I really, really dig what they did. Um, that said, there's one thing I need to talk about while we're on the pre-show, because I don't think I'm going to get another chance for this. Sure. We don't need Sam Roberts in our pre-show. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could do Texas without almost blew him out of the building. But yeah. Sam Roberts, I think that Sam Roberts can eat a fat one. And he just, oh, PG. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I can't come up with colorful enough <laughs> language without breaking your sensors, you know? Oh, I just, I, I oh. have it written straight up F Sam Roberts in my notes right here. 
after he was talking about <laughs> Rhea Ripley, like, having an ego, I was just like, no, I'm done with this guy. I saw him for, like, a quick minute. Like, I had just skipped through it because I, was, I, had to, I had to, was fortunate enough to watch it after the fact so I could skip through it. And, yeah, his, like, first comment, I, I was very off-putting. And I think both whoever he was with were just like, what is this guy talking about? Yeah, I know. I don't know. My my whole fandom for Sam Roberts is take it or leave it at this point. I don't really. That's just hilarious to me. Who is Sam Roberts to comment on ego when he refers to himself as the last real broadcaster? So, <laughs> you know, he could just take his pompous little view towards himself and and take it to some other show. Uh, give me else. more. He, give me more Pat McAfee. That's who I want to see. Oh yeah. Uh, so he's he looks like uh, Seth. Uh, what's uh, oh crap, Seth? Um, the Rogan. from no, not Seth Rogan. No, um, Seth, the one who does Robot Chicken. Seth oh, Green. Seth Green. Seth Green. Yes, he looks like Seth Green with really, really bad curly hair and a receding <laughs> yeah. hairline. Yeah, and he he's not he's not pleasant. He <laughs> is not insightful. Not he just needs to go. Yeah, Sam, I used to listen to his wrestling podcast a long time ago, and I just had to stop. I, I, I found myself not enjoying his takes, so I had to let it go. But uh, to finish up my final thoughts on the Kaylee Ray versus Mia Yim match, it, Kaylee Ray just – she does what she does so well. So she's like that classic heel, you know. She's not going to beat you up and grind you into the mat like – like an iron sheik, you know, she, she's going to take a lot of offense and then she's going to come out on top. She's going to find a way to come out on top. And she just, she plays her role to perfection and I love it. And that Canadian came out of absolutely nowhere. And I leapt off my couch after I saw it. So I had this match at a uh, solid three X's. Nice. Uh, it was a, it, it easily could have been on the main card. It just happened to be on the pre-show. So if you did not check it out, I highly recommend it. But moving on. Oh, actually, may I add? Yes. Kaylee Ray was the first superstar to be announced as the NXT UK champion as a woman. Yeah, I love that little change. I, I, think, it's, yeah. I think it's great. I'm not an idiot, you know. I see two exactly. women in the ring. I don't need to be told that they're fighting over the women's title. It goes right. without saying. So to just say NXT UK champion or NXT champion, that's fine. When we speak about it, we could differentiate it and say women's division. It's not wrong to say the word women's, but I don't need it in the title. I'm not an idiot. I've For 27, almost 28 years, I've been watching wrestling, and they've never announced the men as men, and I've never been confused. So when it comes to women, <laughs> I don't think I will be confused. When when they say Rhea Ripley NXT champion, that it's not confusing to me. But uh, moving on, so to open Worlds Collide, we had a nice matchup between Finn Balor and Ilya Droganov. This match gave me more than what I was expecting. I love this new Finn Balor. I was kind of over the old Finn Balor. I haven't seen a ton of Droganov. I did see his match with Cesaro at NXT UK Takeover Cardiff which was really good. Uh, but I just thought this match started out technically sound. They were they had a nice technical start to the match, and then it just descended into a hard-hitting, stiff match. And I am about that stiff style. I, I love that stuff. So 
tell me, uh, we'll start with Tom this time. Uh, tell me your thoughts on the match. Well, I, this is one match that going in, I kind of saw as my potential dark horse match of the night um, because Ilya Dragunov is somebody that I got mildly familiar with um, in the first little uh, burst of NXT UK, which I do admit I do need to watch more. Um, oh, so yeah. I'm really Same. excited. I'll see her too. <laughs> we can all admit that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really excited to see him going against Finn because they were similarly built. Um, they mm-hmm. also have a very much a, an up and coming veteran type uh, vibe, and also I just love a matchup born out of pure competition. Like it's just they want to fight each other. It, it just it was so pure, and the motivations between the two of them were so simple. But you're with them, um, so I think that the the psychology of the match was wonderful. Ilya's character work was just superb um i love that thing he did with putting his fist out and uh getting the slap in yeah. it just really felt yeah. like more of a yeah, that was cool. match than a match that was cool i like that yeah it just felt like more of a chess match than a match it was just like really really well scripted and well done um it was really physical so i gave this one 3.75 x's like an X missing like the bottom right little run of the X for the point seven five. <laughs> yeah, I normally just write out my decimal points, but I like that you tried to draw yours. So PJ, what, <laughs> how were you feeling about this match? I yeah, I this is another match that I I, I watched live, but I wasn't able to, to like so much dissect it as much as I like to. So I went back and watched it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I echoed the same kind of sentiment that I haven't seen too much of Ilya, but I have read a lot about him, and hearing that, you know, the, the, the Gala stuff, and then the, you know, being involved with Imperium as well, you know, this is a guy who looks like he could challenge Walter just based on his physique. I mean, geez, he is shredded. And, he is shredded, man. Yeah. I wrote that down myself. His wrists, I don't know if you noticed, his wrists are as he, thick as forearms yeah wow. <laughs> it's, it's insane yeah it was ins- he looked great and then i you know just a lot about a lot of this to me was also like finn is just at the top of his game right now you know there was a spot where he just did these repeated stomps where he's just jumping off of the bottom rope but then this man does like eight or nine of them that whereas a normal person would be winded after three or four of them and I just, I just, Finn is, seems like he's having so much fun, and that, that's fun for me. Uh, I love, there was a line that Nigel said, 6-1 line for a, uh, through the, uh, he did like kind of a comeback. Uh, Lariat, know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, through the ropes kind of, Ilya did, and, and it just, both of them seem so motivated, and, and yes, after rewatching it and actually getting to decipher it, I loved also, just quick before I give my exes, that, it was so competitive that Finn had to not only hit a coup de gras or John Woo coup de gras and then the 1916. He had to do all three. So, yeah, I, 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 I have it written down three X's, but then after listening to both of you and then remembering the match in my head, I'm going to bump that up to 3.25. So I got three and a quarter X's for that match. Yeah, it was, it was much better than I thought it had any right to be. And I thought it was more likely going to be quicker, a you know just a Finn match, and yes, Finn won, but they gave Ilya the the a great rub there, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to start sniffing the 
the NXT UK title. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I Walter doesn't have any immediate challengers, so exactly. I think Dragunov would be a, a nice little um, change of pace. challenge presented. Yeah. Presented change of pace is a good uh, good terminology presented towards mm-hmm. Walter, who seems to work better with slightly smaller guys anyway. So yeah. I think that match could really show out if they decided to go that route. Uh, we'll get to Walter I, later. I love. I can. Walter. Oh yeah, I completely agreed with you that John Wu coup de gras. 1916 like combo i thought all of that just looked so good but like so violent yes so you needed it i really away. i really dug i really dug all of that i have this match at the same mark as tom at 3.75 x's nice um so a great opener for the show and then we we had a little promo between the two tag teams that are going to fight each other for the uh fin- in the finals for the dusty cup and only I reason i'm mentioning it. this is one, I have two reasons. One, Zach Gibson has shined on the microphone three weeks in a row now. They just need to, they just need to give this guy a live mic and let him speak, and I'm sure he can get himself over. And number two, yeah. the comedy, when, when <laughs> Pete says, look, I'm just going to be blunt, and then he yep. pauses. <laughs> and then he says, Riddle's going to smoke you. And then the crowd went crazy they knew exactly what he was going for they ate it up that just proves pete dunn is a lot better on the mic than i think people even know because i most agree of it comes out just as his bruiser weight thing so th- i thought that was really good you did skip over what i think was maybe even a little bit more of a better crafted moment was when riddle was saying that you know we should all be smiling ear to ear my partner and i were smiling ear to ear and you look at pete dunn and he's got his pete dunn face on and he's like <laughs> That's his happy face. I, yeah, I, that was I good. Yeah, like that was just a wonderful little moment. Uh, Riddle is just like pouring in the laughs lately, man, and it's so good. Yeah, these two are really gelling off each other, really nice. And I don't think we have a long-term tag team here, but if we do, I'm about it. I'm uh, for it yeah. because they they really seem to do have like this real natural <laughs> chemistry where Riddle's like this loose, easygoing guy, and Pete's obviously the Bruiser weight. Uh, so yeah, that that got me even more stoked for the Dusty Cup Finals coming up tomorrow. So yeah, I wish that was on the World's Collide card, but hey. Yeah, I I thought it would be myself, but it was already a stacked card. So you know, to to leave it on um, to put it on NXT TV is good, and then we got the the announcement that the winner will go on to take over Portland for a NXT Tag Team Championship shot. So. At first, I thought it was going to be at Worlds Collide. Then I thought, oh, maybe they're going to do it at TakeOver Portland. And now we know why it'll be for free on NXT TV. Uh, But this led into my personal favorite match of the night. Mm. Uh, Angel Garza versus Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Travis Banks versus Jordan Devlin. Oh, my. Did these four cruiserweights (laughs) show out at Worlds Collide? Oh, boy. This was one of the most creative matches I've ever seen. And I can't think of another Fatal 4 where at least three guys were in the ring majority of the time. Mm. So they really stepped it up a notch to me with the creativity. Obviously, there was a ton of athleticism on display, as you've come to expect. And we got the swanky new Cruiserweight Championship. So, oh, so good. So we'll start with PJ this time. How did you feel about this match? Yeah, Brett, I 
I very much echo the same sentiments. I, I'm still torn on whether this is my favorite. I, it's, it's 1A, we'll say for now, of, of this entire card. This match was insane. I mean, I just have it right down. I mean, all four guys from different parts of the world, that's cool. Uh, it's for the Swanky Doo title, that's cool. Er, and then we it just it was just nonstop action, like you said. It was it was a different type of four way match than I've ever seen in my entire life. Like it was, it was the way it was, you know, as as a somewhat of a wrestler, not really, but just the way that they had this planned out, and you could really only do it with this these four type of athletes. It was this was. These are athletes in there at this point, and you could not pull this off without the kind of athleticism that was in this match. I mean, we had – I mean, I have so much written down, man. The skin the cat into the tornado DDT, you oh. know, the, the, the crazy Tower of Doom spot, and then, you know, the, the, the drop kick into the, the poison Rana. Just, just everybody get to shine too. That's what I love. Everybody got to shine. I love how they started it off. Everybody going off of Andrew Garza because in any fatal for any multi-man match where the the it's any it's against a champion, you go off of the champion. And so I love that. It was it was just so. This match had two, maybe even three, Mamma Mia moments. We haven't even really gotten into that. Yeah, um, I had Mamma Mia Mamma Mia moments coming left and right. How about left that? And right. How about the reversal of from Travis Banks? Jordan Devlin goes for the Devlin inside, and then he counters it into a Canadian. Yeah, destroyer. so clean, so amazing. clean, yeah. so yeah. nuts, and uh, amazing sell. The way that Devlin landed with his feet on the ropes, yeah, bonkers good. It made yeah, it this so was, good. This was really, really good. And I just, you know, I just wanted to. Yeah, it was everything was so crazy, and I would love to hear, uh, you know, more on what Tom thinks and what you think, Brett. But. Just before I get to that, yeah, I was so happy for Devlin. I'm a big, big Jordan Devlin fan. I'm so glad that this title can now go to an NXT UK guy like that. And maybe he comes to NXT more on USA. And I just loved how happy he was. It was just so refreshing Mm -hmm. to see literally him jumping for joy to win this title. I gave it four and a half X's. This was excellent to me. Excellent all the way around. So, yeah, I'll throw this to, I guess, Tom now will we'll give us yep. his thoughts. All right, cool. Awesome. So, uh, first thought on this match was it was actually my first experience with Swerve. Um, I had, I think, missed a couple of NXT episodes where he was more heavily featured. Um, but also, I generally end up watching NXT on Hulu. Um, and they end up cutting up, you know, the show a little bit. And I, I hadn't seen him. Um, so I thought he was absolutely smooth and I, his offense was just incredible, but more so was the way he took other people's offense was just <laughs> phenomenal. Oh yeah. Um, I just have lots of wows written here. It's like <laughs> a lot of one after the other things that were just like the whole match is kind of a mama Mia. <laughs> yeah. Um, Really? But my biggest yeah. mama mia. Now I have a soft spot for when you beat a mother mm, with another mother. Mm. Yeah. And so there I was a moment that. where um, Devlin did a moonsault into uh, the reverse DDT hold, turn it into a final cut by using a urinagi on Swerve onto uh, Banks. Yeah. 
and it was just like, oh my god! And yeah, the amount that, of the amount of spots like that with uh, you know two two or three guys or three guy spots was wild. Yeah, and I thought Banks, Travis Banks, really broke out in that match. Mm-hmm. He just like had so much really high tempo offense. I gave this match uh, 4.25Xs um, only because Garza didn't get all that much offense in. Uh, but obviously, it was just a thrilling match where everybody did get spots and two guys from UK really, really put in some good work. Yeah, I matched you right there at 4.25Xs. I loved this match. I love the ending. So not only Devlin winning... But the fact that it took a wing clipper and then a Devlin side to put down Isaiah Swerve Scott. So the man eats two finishers in a row and then takes the one, two, three. I mean, beautiful ending. I love that the title is now going to NXT UK. Uh, I think they need it because they don't really, I think they could do more with it because NXT already has the uh, NXT North American championship. So it's not as if the title was taking up space, but it seems like it could go and really stretch its wings over there on the NXT UK production. So after this match, uh, we moved into what my pick to steal the show was, which was DIY versus Mustache Mountain. And it didn't quite steal the show for me, but it didn't let me down. So I'm not saying I was disappointed in it. It was just that the previous match stole the show for me pulled the pulled the rug right out of the show for me but i thought this this match was great uh this was very different than what i think we get to see on wwe programming a lot uh Mm. it was just it was like four guys who just knew how much the crowd was going to love to see them and they really did uh i thought it was like what like just watching a best hits album on display (laughs) And I was there for all of it, and I loved it. Uh, but before I dive too deep into this by myself, I'm going to throw it to my man, PJ, and hear what he has to say. <laughs> yeah, this this was quite the ride. I mean, I'm also riding on my DIY winning the world, the tag titles this year prediction. So that's this match did, definitely did not deter me from that prediction. So that's good. Um, yeah. There was just so many moments. I, I thinking about why why you were saying that, Brett. It kind of made me think that this brought me back to a lot of the what when American Alpha and Revival when they were running rampant and you know those tag teams were running in NXT when every DIY too when every single time you knew you were gonna get and it didn't matter who the team the two teams. Because of those two teams, you knew you were going to get a barn burner and you knew you were going to get a four, four and a half, five star possible match. And this was, this was there. This was not a perfect match by any stretch of the imagination, but this was right up there. And, and, and I'll get to it. This was, this is, I struggled to pick one or the other between this and the four way. Just a couple of notes I had. Just, you know, geez, I have so many notes. Uh, Just, I'll get into not much of the beginning. I just love the back and forth in the beginning. There was a spot where both Johnny and, and Chap are, are do the, the pat on the back on the, on the apron. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Yeah, and I know I'm skipping a lot of it, and I know Tom Tom has got a good amount to say about this match, so I'll leave that a lot to, uh, to him. But then, you know, the ending sequences with the helicopter into the Gargano escape, you know, the same, and then both of them get the, the submissions the same, you know, the same way that they won the titles with the double helicopter, you know, the, the lariat. And then there, there was one spot too, the, 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 and this is my, I mean, I guess I'll save it, but uh, one of the Mamma Mia moments, and there was a couple in this match, but one of the Mamma Mia moments for me was Tyler Bate goes up to do this final tap and seven is right there. And, on top of oh, near him, not really on top of it, but basically near him. And Champa pulls Champa pulls Seven onto him while this final tap is happening, so that Seven takes the brunt of it. And that was one of the more creative. Like that, I could not stop talking about that when it happened. So that was a, a giant moment for me. And then just the way that they, you know, meeting in the middle, it was just it was nostalgic. It was fun. It was action. It was two face teams going at it, which you don't see all the time. So like you said, Brett, you know, kind of just, it was more of an attraction match than anything, obviously. I gave it four and a half X's, uh, mirroring the four-way. I loved it for a lot of different reasons, but there was, I cannot call this a better match than that four-way. It, 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 it got me for more, for different reasons than the other match, but it brought me back to the old NXT where the tag team wrestling was always on point no matter what show. Yeah, and before I throw it to you, Tom, because I know you got some stuff to say, but yeah, the, uh, the, the different flavor that this brought to the show, attraction match, I, I love that you used that term. Yeah, it really provided that, that nostalgia. It just it had everything. It, nostalgia, comedy, drama, near falls. It had moments that could make you laugh, moments that could make you cry. And it was, yeah. it was just really... It was a wonderful piece of pro wrestling. And on that note, I'm going to throw it to you, Tom. Oh, yay. Um, so <laughs> going into this night, I was going to call it this was my match of the night. And it is by a clear margin. Um, one of the things I wrote down actually during the pre-show when they were doing the package for this match was that I believe now there's probably somebody who can break into this and make it harder, but I believe Tyler Bate and Johnny Gargano are the two most technically sound wrestlers in the world right now. And I feel like the first few minutes of the match proved that for me because the way that they just glide off each other is just so insane, mesmerizing. I just feel like they they work together in such a hypnotic way. Um, So really with this match, just, I wrote like, words can't describe how fun this is. They had the crowd with them. They basically made the crowd the the next character in the match. In the match, yeah. yeah. They brought us all in. We were all in on it, even from home. Like you were there, immersive. It made you feel all all types of ways. Um, Like that moment where Johnny Gargano completely cleared Trent Seven on the outside, and it just looked like he took it straight onto the floor. And then we have Champa in the ring getting Tyler Drivered. And I was worried that Johnny wasn't even, like, okay. <laughs> um, but then he came in and it turned into other kickouts. And it just, like, was so crazy. And um, also, one thing I noticed was they, um, they did this symmetry thing where they were doing, like, a lot of offense at the same time, DIY. 
And one thing I noticed was that Champa started doing that draping DDT when he turned heel as kind yeah. of like a faux finisher. And they put that together in DIY. He did the draping DDT, and then on the other side of the ring, Johnny did the, the up-and-over um, tornado DDT. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a really, really cool moment. Yeah. And I just think, like... Oh, um, sorry, oh, keep going. Any match that leaves me smiling ear-to-ear like that, that tells such an amazing story, has such an amazing offense, and just, like, like you said, when Johnny got up on that apron and was patting himself on the back with Tommaso Ciampa... It was just an amazing moment. And for that reason, I gave this match a solid five X's. Wow. You put that in real rarefied air. And you know what? I can't disagree with you because that's kind of what pro wrestling it is, right? There's yeah. there's so many things that, that resonate with so many people for so many different reasons. And this match just provided so many reasons that if you wanted to put it up that high, yeah. you could. Personally, don't have this as DIY's best match. I still give that to uh, their match against the Revival at Takeover Brooklyn Two, even mm-hmm. though they lost that match. That is still my personal favorite DIY match. But I did give this four point two five X's. Uh, I think what PJ was saying is really kind of how I felt about it. There was nothing; they didn't do anything wrong in this match, but it certainly felt like an attraction. I, for me, most five-star matches in my life that I've watched are normally involving, you know, a good guy versus a bad guy because it's sort of like the classic wrestling story of, of wanting to see the, the baby face overcome the heel. Uh, so knowing that I was going to be satisfied no matter what the ending was, I, it just couldn't quite reach that for me. But I'm glad that it did for you. I'm, I really am. And before- well, you know, on a storytelling basis, DIY yeah. was playing the heel role. It's yeah. just impossible for them to be heels right now because the crowd's so behind them. Yeah, right. Um, and, but, and they're yeah, both faces on television. So um, I was gonna yeah. say before we move on, Tom, if you if you could just elaborate a little bit more on like why you gave it a five five X's. I mean, uh, we, we say X's, but and t- to me, I use the X's as more of a personal enjoyment rate. That's not necessarily how good the match is, but from what mm-hmm. I know, you you're calling this a a five, you know, quote unquote star, you know, quote unquote X match. Yeah. yeah. Um, for that, it's the same reason you just said is mm-hmm. that is how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I feel like that was peak level entertainment for me. It, it matches the level of entertained I was for all of the classic DIY matches. It Hell made yeah. me feel that way. It brought me back to those matches. Yeah. So like, it, yeah. It, it built off of them. And at the same time, like, Mustache Mountain is <laughs> so a, good. also like I, if I were to pick a, a tag team from each USA and UK, those are them. So yeah, I mean the meet in the, the moment that, moment when uh, in the meet in the middle moment when Seven saves saved uh, bait for that for that, that quick was second. Oh, so yeah. beautiful! Yeah, was Into the so bop good. and bang. Oh, oh yeah, yes, it was so good. It was. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't fault anybody for calling this a five-star or, you know, obviously if, and this is, if this is what you enjoy the most, then it's what you enjoy the most. You know, that's just – it was it was an incredible – it was a testament to what we get to watch every week on NXT. 
here on the NXT and We podcast. PJ, Brett, and today our friend Tom. NXT underscore podcast on Twitter. NXT and We on Facebook. And NXT, spell out the word and, A-N-D, we at gmail.com if you want to get to us that way. So, Brett, why don't you uh, take us forward to the next segment? The next segment we have here was a match between Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm. But quickly, before I go too much into the match, for those of you keeping track at home, this would currently leave NXT UK at a score of two and NXT proper, if you will, at two. So both brands are tied 2-2 at this point. Uh, going into this match, this match is for Rhea Ripley's NXT Championship. And I have to say, this match didn't do a lot for me. Had some good moments. I, I really enjoyed... Um, I forget who hit it on who at this point. Uh, but there was one point... I think it was Tony hitting Rhea Ripley with the German into the turnbuckles. That was really crazy. This, this was kind of sort of a methodical match. Technically sound... Uh, but then it just kind of ended abruptly. It was just sort of, she missed the frog splash, got hit with a riptide and that was it. So as soon as the match was sort of reaching a crescendo, it was just kind of over. And that sort of left me feeling a little empty. So, uh, I'm going to kick it to you guys. I have this as like good, but not special. So 2.75 X's, uh, we'll start with Tom this time. Tom, how did you feel about this match? Well, I do agree that this match really didn't make it go one way or the other in you know in excitement. Um, I actually thought that the segment beforehand with uh, Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, I thought that did a whole lot more for the talent than this match. Yeah. Um, that said, I mean, Rhea's spelling with the neck and everything, it kind of gave us a little bit of a, oh, Rhea's vulnerable moment which I think we needed because she's been so freaking untouchable for so long. And I think that pure psychology thing, like it's what the show needed at that point. And for the show's pacing, I think it was really well booked. Um, also like Rhea's facial expressions are just perfect. She brought me in straight from the beginning and then she kept me going the whole time. So I'm going to go with more of like a, a 3.5 because of that. Um, I do agree it was a little short. and I, It could be better, but I did really enjoy what they did with their time. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I want to just echo uh, what Tom said about the Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai segment. I mean, that is arguably one of the hottest feuds in NXT going right now. And I I just love how they furthered they furthered it there. You know the, the the oh NXT so superstar in the crowd, which they did all night with you know they they did it they did it with Keith Lee and then you know they did it with a couple superstars. Eo I think Eo Shirai too. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm getting that wrong, but either way, the classic NXT superstar in the crowd. They did it with with uh, it was Dakota and it was Tegan. Am I am I getting this correct? Yeah. Yes, it was Tegan who, uh, yeah, who attacked. Yeah, it, it was Dakota, and then Tegan attacked. Yep, and and the spear through the through the barricade, and yeah, it was it was that was that was a great lead into this match. And I kind of I'm kind of in the middle of both of you. I it didn't do too much for me in in the terms of like a Mamma Mia, this is a wild match. But I do kind of echo the same sentiments with Tom. That this was more of a this was kind of what the show needed at the time, 
it was definitely the the match to kind of bring the the tempo down and i mean nothing was wrong with it i, I kept saying all night and i'll say it and i you know after rewatching it it was it, any match between Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley is going to be at least three stars. It's going to, you know, it's going to, it's going to have its moments and it's going to have its, it's, it's going to be clean in the certain senses. And then, yeah, I mean, I, this was a, this was a testament to Rhea. Rhea was, this was more of a, just in general, this was a character based match and did it do so much for me? Not so much, but there was nothing wrong with it. And, you know, the ending kind of came off a little flat. I'm not sure exactly where they're going with Tony at this time, but it was a defense for Rhea, and I, I settled right around three. I, I was at 2.8 axes. I wanted to do three. It just wasn't there for me, but I do understand its place on the card, and there was nothing wrong with it. It was just not necessarily my cup of tea. So, Yeah, there was nothing – when I say it didn't do a lot for me, yeah, it definitely it's not like it did anything wrong. It's it was just, it was a that, that Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley match, which is which is always going to be great. And yeah, I only that, give it two point eight because it wasn't more than that. That's all. That ending just really kind of I was really enjoying what they were doing, and then that ending sort of just left me feeling a little deflated. I was like, oh, yeah, I it came thought, out of nowhere. I thought we kinda, were, yeah. were kind of building an epic here. If, you know it, I mean? Yeah, exactly. If that got another five minutes, maybe, I think yeah. I'm, my, I'm singing a different tune right now. That's but where I understand why not. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's my thoughts on that. And, and yeah, like, and I'm glad you, you, you touched on it, Tom, just that, that whole segment with Tegan and, and Ky- that is, I mean, before we move on, I know we're we're getting there time wise, but you know that that is the hottest feud arguably in NXT, is it not? Yeah, I'm glad you revisited that because I feel like Tegan Knox specifically is somebody that I would not know her name if not for this feud. <laughs> um, I would call her the shiniest wizard because that's a hilarious nickname, but <laughs> Tegan Knox is not a name I would know unless she was having this huge thing with Dakota. Yeah, I agree that th- that feud has the most heat right yes. now. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. Like, like, cause it has real hatred and betrayal mm-hmm. between the two performers that are a part of it. So it's, it's really well done. And, and uh, I, there's no way, I think they announced that those two are going to wrestle on NXT TV and there is no way that that is just a singles match between the two is going to end the feud. It's going to take maybe a cage or false count anywhere, something where they could just beat the hell out of each other all over the arena. Oh yeah. Um, But moving on and up next, we have the wildly chaotic main event of the undisputed era versus Imperium and this match while not being the cleanest thing in the world was so wildly entertaining that none of it mattered (laughs) all the performers I thought were excellent it was really unfortunate that Alexander Wolf got hurt early and it sort of probably for the first time in the faction's existence kind of maybe lended a little bit of sympathy towards Imperium. And maybe that's just because Undisputed Era is so good at pack mentality. I don't think they were trying to be baby faces 
at all, but it it was um, this was just a crazy match. Uh, just left and right, crazy things happening. Uh, my mama me a moment of the week comes from this match, but I will save that. And I will throw it to PJ so I can hear my man's thoughts on his boy, Walter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> – I appreciate that because Walter is my boy. I – I that's kind of my main takeaway other than I did want to talk about – it was very, very obvious. I mean, first of all, when Wolf got caught with that kick, I mean, geez, that just re-watching it, he got caught right on the chin, right on the money. I mean, he was out cold, and it was very confusing at first. But then, and, and my thoughts were: I think that really messed with the communication and the overall flow of the match in the beginning. It took the, it took the competitors to adjust to the four on three now setting. It took them a little bit to like, you know, they're they're calling a lot of that on the fly at that point. Yeah. So, but you know what? The match w- had its fair share of Mamma Mia moments. It had its fair share of. Of, of crazy bumps, the, the angle slam to the table, you know, just just a lot of a lot of crazy stuff. But Walter shined here. Walter and you said, you know, they 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 ended up being Walter was the baby face in this match. This was the Walter show, especially after Wolf went down. He had to act like as two men, as he already basically is. I appreciate that. I appreciate that he was able to shine on, on a different stage. And that's what you need to do when, when you're showcasing a champion like him. And I think the right team won. And, you know, regardless of, you know, the injuries and whatever, the right team won. The undisputed era. And you said it best. And before I throw it to Tom, you said it best, Brett. Undisputed Era showcases the best pack mentality of, of any stable that I've seen in a long time. You know, just every anytime Adam Cole's in the ring, he's always looking to the corner. He's always motioning for his guys. And even when it's not Adam Cole, they're always motioning to each other. They always know where each other is. And it's, it's, you can see it. It's not, it's not something you have to look for. You see it right in front of your face. And that's refreshing for wrestling in general. So, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't my favorite thing on, on the whole show, but despite their hardships that they had to face, I thought they did a great job. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to what our good friend Tom has to say about this main event here. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so my first thought was that I think they really should have just waited a week to take the North American title from Roderick Strong. <laughs> yeah, Brett said the same thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah Brett's the, the same thing. The, the Drayton Gold thing would have been so <laughs> Oh, it would have been so good. Yeah, so I think um, <laughs> so just wait a week. If you're going to have a four-on-four, just wait a week. Um, and then the other thing I started thinking as we got into the match, I started feeling a little bit bad for this, was like, I feel like Alexander Wolf's role in Imperium could be handled by another star, and we could have Sanity back in NXT. Because Sanity worked in NXT, and then they put him on SmackDown, and it didn't work anymore. So I really, I wouldn't mind having that back. Um, so I was thinking about that, and then when I saw that weird, like it was a, it looked like a failed pin. Uh, I noticed Fish's arm went under, which I now realize he was breaking the pin in a way that, yeah. you know, wouldn't 
be super kayfabe breaking stupid. And then I saw the referee's arms in the X. And that was when, you know, obviously he said in that Wolf was legitimately hurt. And that was just really unfortunate. I do think it did break the pace of the match yeah. because I think the intensity was up to the ninth level yeah. Oh, yeah. before that. They were ready and then to they, go. Yeah. And then they just had to kind of find their way back to it. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, the, exactly. the ring general, man, he oh. really El ring general. elevated this match <laughs> because like he started with that leapfrog oh. and he's then so the good. double German suplex. Oh, he's so and good. just it brought it right back. He's and then so I think actually the breakout star of this match was Fabian Eichner. Yes, um, once again. Once again, once again, he, he this is a pro. On... Hey, this is a pro Fabian Eichner podcast. <laughs> I know, oh, yeah. but oh my god, because I feel like he has been <laughs> on an upward trajectory. He's the and man. In this match, he just proved to me that he is a world class wrestler. Um, I, I don't want to skip too far down my notes because I was also thinking things like Roderick Strong is a star. Um, I felt like Eichner and O'Reilly have like the best chemistry, and then uh, <sighs> Kyle O'Reilly sold a chop from Walter, where he just kind of folded. Yeah, and that was just a beautiful moment. Oh, um, so, and then for some reason, Nigel called uh, Walter a, the big Australian. Yeah, that, that was long. very weird. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely meant Austrian. He definitely so meant Austrian. We understand, of course, yeah. We understand why my man made that mistake, but hey, we call him out. We call him as we see it. Yeah, we call you yeah. out, Nigel. You frigging. <laughs> so I'll have, break your um, frigging jaw. <laughs> my first two Mamma Mia moments are the double German and oh, yes. then um, the Olympic slam through the announce table. Yeah, it was insane. But my biggest my biggest Mamma Mia moment of the match comes from something is comes from a whole lot more respect than anything. When Fabian Eichner recovered that tossed brain buster. Oh my. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. That was just like so insane that he caught him like down at his hip, got him up, nailed it. That is recovery on the level of Andrade in that I can trust Fabian Eichner Eichner to save any spot at any time, which is good because his tag team partner is Martellus Bennett, who Big, needs a lot of help. Strong um, Marcel, boy. Marcel Bartel. Marcel Bartel, I'm sorry. Uh, Marcel yeah. Bartel, I feel strong like, is boy. the one who makes things a little bit dirtier when when they're yeah. when they're going at it. But uh man, is... just like he got some insane air. And with that rope to rope moonsault, oh my god, just Eichner really, really A plus this world class wrestler. Probably the first ever pro Fabian Eichner podcast. So I'll make sure I, I, I think so. so yeah, I yeah. think so. Pro I can love phase anti Damian Priest. Yes, yes. This, is this will remain. I have a Damian Priest rant, but it's I'm saving it until the next yeah, time we have he to is wait. on TV. So I've heard. I I've heard. I've heard snippets of it, and it's worth the wait. Yeah. Uh, So (laughs) I completely agree with two things that – Oh, what did you give – wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, Brett. Uh, What did you give the the match, Tom? 4.5. 4.5, okay. I I, I 
Did I give mine? I don't think I gave mine. You did not. Go ahead. I, I gave Let's it uh, 3.75. Okay. Yeah, this I, is, I was probably sneaking up towards four, but I don't know. Yeah, this is so. the third match of the night I have at 4.25Xs. So I thought it was really good. I thought the recovery from the wolf injury, it did take a little bit of time, but they got there and then they hit that extra gear. So kudos to all seven men involved in the match. Uh, I, the two things that I really agree with Tom here on is that Alexander Wolf's place in Imperium could easily be filled by a star or a performer that's not Alexander Wolf. So he just doesn't, he just doesn't seem to fit with Imperium to me. I preferred him in Sanity more. A guy that I would love that I have now fan-casted into Imperium, as PJ knows off-air, is Cesaro, mm-hmm. especially because he's wearing all mm-hmm. black now anyway, and he yeah. already wears that like sporty, tight jacket that they, that they wear. And yeah, that would be amazing. Swiss, so you could easily just throw his Swiss flag on his tights like all the other wrestlers do. Uh, oh, dude. So we got Cesaro Austria. How oh, good yeah. of a team would that be? That'd be amazing. Put the It'd be amazing gold on them right now. So that's who I would replace Alexander Wolf with. I know he's doing his thing with Sami Zayn and Nakamura, and it'll never happen. But that's what I want to see. And I love that you said that Marcel Bartel is the one that kind of dirties up the tag team matches, and Eichner is the one that saves it because that is generally my feeling while watching <laughs> them. However, mm-hmm. Bartel is not expendable to the group because I personally feel he is the best at the gimmick. I, I, be- I When I look at him and he's doing the double arms behind the back and the proud and the mat is sacred, like the way he sells the gimmick, I think is better than anyone else in the group. So that is why he is not expendable. Um, Would you see- yeah. Uh, yeah, so I had this at 4.25 X's and why don't, unless anybody else has any thoughts, I figure uh-huh. that we all just give our Mamma Mia moment of the week. Roll about the the show the show rating, real quick. I was I figured we could do that after the Mamma Mia. Oh, oh okay, all right. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, this is okay. you're running the show, Brett. Yeah. This is the Brett. so. Figure we'll do the Mamma Mia all moments right. of the week right here. Uh, I'll. You know what? It's selfish to go first. Tom, you're our special guest. You go first. There you go. Okay. Um. So Mamma Mia moment of the week. I'm gonna have to go with that saved brain buster, man. It's just such an incredible feat of strength to be able to catch a human below your waist, raise him up, and slam him down. Yeah, clean, clean. The All right, air. I love it. So, what do you what do you got, PJ? What was your? Yeah, no, that's that's a great one. I definitely, I definitely leapt out of my seat, Mama Mia, Mama Mia, out of my seat uh, for that one. But mine, there were so many good ones with the reverse Rana and the four-way, you know, really a lot of things in the four-way. But mine is from the DIY uh, versus Mustache Mountain match when Ciampa pulls seven. I don't know. There was just something about that as a four. Like, that was just so clever and smart, and I had never seen it when he pulled seven onto him to take the spinal tap from bait. It's the only thing in my notes that got like giant letters. I mean, I have I have mm-hmm. capitals in there, but it's the one that got giant letters. That was I've never seen it before, and that got me going. And I definitely did not stop talking about it for a long time at the live watch party. So yeah, I'll go with that. 
for my Mamma Mia moment of the weekend week. I love it. That was like wrestling poetry. So mm-hmm. I definitely dig it. So mine has actually changed upon more reflection. So at first I was going to say it was when Devlin skinned the cat off of Travis Banks into the tornado DDT. The more I have thought about this show, the moment that has stuck with me the longest and is the moment that I think I exclaimed, oh, at the top of my lungs the loudest, was when Roderick Strong Olympic slammed Walter from one announce table through the other. (laughs) That moment was spectacular. I freaked out. Maybe I just love announce table spots, uh, but maybe I just love one that is so out of the blue. (laughs) And uh, Yeah, so that's, that's mine. So I love it. we're going to go with overall show ratings here. And we are going to start with PJ. Yeah, I give this a f- four X's. Four X's on the dot. That uh, There's nothing wrong with this show. I mean, the, the only thing that I gave 2.82 was what? The, the, Rhea? Yeah, Rhea and the Tony Ripley, Yeah. The the one thing and, and and you know so the the other the other women's match on the show the singles match got more than that so that is a testament to Brett has mentioned the so strong women's division that NXT has and yeah just it was it was so it was such an easy watch this show flew by it, it was over before I even knew it and before I even really wanted it to be over and everything was was visually appealing and i just man i was the one who was saying that like the world's collides aren't like a takeover but this one this one seemed like a takeover and i would really give that the, the kudos to, mm. to the to the performers and kudos to wwe and the nxt brand in general for making it seem like that so yeah i'll go for four x's on this one awesome so a few things about me is I am heavily biased when it comes to my entertainment. Um, I am going to give any match with DIY in it great marks. Uh, Roderick Strong, great marks. Adam Cole, great marks. Um, Roderick Strong, yes. Just keep on talking about Roderick Strong because he is a man <laughs> who was one of my favorite singles wrestlers in the entire company. Messiah of the, the Backbreaker. Era. Absolutely. I think he's the most underrated, um, along with Cesaro. It's just oh yeah, so phenomenal. Any show with him is going to get a four or above. Um, I'm thinking it's astonishing that a show without Keith Lee right now is going to do this well, but I'm going to say 4.25 Xs for the show total. Very nice. Very nice. So I have three matches on this show at 4.25. And for that reason, I'm going to say that overall, this is a 4.5x show. This mm. is an absolute joy to watch. It has something for everybody, whether you like wild and chaotic main events. Do you prefer nostal- uh, nostalgia and comedy and drama? Well, you got DIY versus Mustache Mountain. If you enjoy heavy athleticism, you have the Fatal 4-Way match. If you enjoy super stiff strikes you got balor and dragunov and so for that reason 4.5 x's start with the pre-show if you're going to watch it you do not want to miss mia yim versus kaylee ray and this was a fantastic show gentlemen uh it was 
not a takeover, but might as well have been. And there are very few times I feel that a takeover is missable. In fact, it's never happened. I don't think I've wanted to miss any takeover ever. So You know what they do in NXT that is just makes it super amazing is their interweaving of storytelling. The fact right. that we had this two brands colliding, but at the same time we did have Tegan Knox and and uh, and Dakota Kai, and later on Finn Balor attacked Johnny Gargano, and yeah. uh, like we got excitement for more things going on because now that we're was crazy. We didn't even Balor that, versus yeah. with Tyler Bate, like it's yeah. a great program, and the fact that they keep you excited about what you're about to watch uh, tonight, what you're going to watch tomorrow, and what you're going to watch in February is just a true testament to how NXT is wrestling perfection. Yeah. That's why we do the show. That's, That's yeah. why we do the show. That is definitely why. And you know what? We have we have a, a big week ahead of us, do we not? I mean, what? We have Broserweights versus the is uh, the Zach Gibson the and veteran. James Drake. Yeah, Gris- G, G, yeah. yeah. I can't do it. Grizzled Young. GVY? GYV. No, GYV. GYV. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Sorry. That was that took me a second. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> we we have a big week ahead of us, guys. And yeah, man. I mean, what a what a weekend of shows. Brett, I mean, you you gave that four and a half. We have Tom, who is just raining the praise. Our good friend now, Tom, reoccurring guest here on the NXT and We podcast with PJ Brett and today our good friend Tom just raining the praises down on the show and it deserves it it deserves it this is not this is not just NXT bias this is if you're a wrestling fan and i think you guys can attest that like if you're just a wrestling fan and before we like get ready to sign off just 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 you know, maybe a quick minute for you guys to, to say that. Like, just as a wrestling fan, like, these are shows that we want to watch. I mean, wh- why not, right? Yeah, of screw course. Sam Roberts. Yeah, <laughs> screw Sam Roberts. Oh, and to Tom's point, too, the interweaver of storytelling, the show ends with NXT UK at three and NXT proper at three. Boom. So Brant's oh. wasn't even achieved. Was now they nice. have to continue fighting battles against each other, and I – I need more. I mean, yeah, more and that and that is why the Dusty Classic did not end at Worlds Collide. Yeah, we need that show. We need that match. Yep, and it's oh, the tiebreaker. It, it's the tiebreaker. But and before we sign up, I just wanted to just say it, it's been such a pleasure to have, and and I can speak for Brett when I say this to have you, Tom, here with us on the NXT and We podcast. Just Thank you. As as somebody who who listens to us, and you know we're still small, we're still we're still growing, but the fact that we are already on what our sixth episode, and we already have somebody wanting to join us, I think that's uh, that's awesome, and I look forward to what we have uh, to, to going forward. I don't know about you, Brett. Yeah, it was great Absolutely. to have you, Tom. I really really appreciate you being here to and provide some extra perspective on the show. So we Thank have you so much, guys. It was so much fun. Yeah, we have so much left to do, and I mean, this is recurring guest Tom now. So yeah, you know, he'll be we, back for Takeover Portland, and and maybe hey, and just stay tuned. Maybe we have him on before. Maybe we and you know, just stay tuned. We so much left to do here on the NXT and We podcast. You can find us again NXT and We 
on Facebook. You can find us NXT and we on SoundCloud. You can find us NXT, spell out the word and A-N-D, we at gmail.com if you want to email us. And then on Twitter, NXT underscore podcast. Hey, hey, what a, what a weekend. I, I, I let off with it, but what a weekend, guys. What a weekend. Yeah, if only you had Yoshirai somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we have to look look forward to something, right? I mean, geez. So yeah, <laughs> that is uh, that has been the NXT and we review of the Royal Rumble, the quick Rumble review that we did, and then the Worlds Collide review. Thank you so much for joining us, and just remember, we are NXT. And NXT and me. Peace out.